Welcome back, everyone. Episode 25 of your ex-boyfriend's podcast. We're almost at the halfway mark. Well, actually, we are past the halfway mark of the year. July 2nd or 3rd, I think, was the halfway point. But, as y'all know, we skipped a couple episodes the last six months. Skipped two. So, here we are at episode... 25 we don't have a title for this episode yet you know i like to think of creative stuff for the titles of these episodes but i don't have one yet this week so the working title is self-worth which is fitting because that's exactly what we're talking about whoa (laughs) that's a big surprise right uh okay so old business we've got a little bit i got from my beautiful listeners some questions for the sex therapist that's going to be well not therapist coach the intimacy coach that's going to be on the on the podcast at the end of this month so be looking for that episode near the end of july um i finally got some questions from you guys which have been awesome Thank you to those people who reached out. I got a bunch of questions. Really, really appreciate all the questions and topics that I got from you. It's made for (laughs) great reading. And I think we have plenty to work on, or I should say plenty to work with for the episode when she gets here. That being said, anybody else, please feel free to reach out. Send me some questions, topics, uh, whatever. Concerns, doesn't matter. The more, the better. And the more people I have reaching out on this topic, the more diverse the conversation is going to be. Because if I get three people who give me ideas, then I'm going to have three people's questions, which even if they send me multiple, you know, which is awesome, they're still going to just representing, they're still just going to represent three people. But if I get 10 people's questions, then I can pick a question from each person and have this much wider uh, set of data. And you know I love data. I'm hoping that this works to motivate some people out there who may have questions that they're either afraid to ask or they think are stupid or whatever. But I'm going to give you some examples of questions, topics, concerns, whatever. Uh, that I've received already, and maybe that'll give you a little bit of a push to um, send yours to me, or it'll help you realize that you're not alone, like other people have the same concerns. Um, So, some examples, like, how to handle when your partner wants to be intimate and you don't, or vice versa. Um, dealing with how to not take that personal, how to not feel like you're being rejected or rejecting the other person. Um, let's see, blowjob tips. <laughs> Perfect. Um, is there such a thing as too much masturbation? Is that even a thing? Um, body confidence, uh, shame around sex, shame around, um, too high or too low of a sex drive uh let's see how to not lose yourself in relationship 
uh, maintaining authenticity in relationship. Codependency versus healthy mutual dependency. Um, why is it so scary to be vulnerable? How to, what is this one saying? <laughs> I'm reading. <laughs> Uh, how to maintain secure attachment. There we go. Um, as opposed to, I think like I mentioned before, too anxious or too avoidant. Attachment theory is something that I really need to do a whole episode on, but I may have mentioned before, I just don't feel prepared. Something I need to read up more on. Um, what else have we got here? How to make butt sex pleasurable. <laughs> These are so good. I'm not laughing at any of these, by the way. That laugh is just how good these questions are. Which is something I've actually been questioned on before. For anybody who is concerned or wondering, I often laugh when I'm happy and or having a good time and or find something joyful. I'm never laughing at someone or laughing at someone's ideas, or um, if they've, you know, revealed something to me, it's never a laugh at that. It's always just um, an expression of joy. So, yeah, these questions are so good, and they're making me happy. Oh, here's one of my favorite questions. Is squirting pee... And regardless of whether it's pee or not, is it possible for every woman to squirt? And if so, how? And if not, how do you know if it's possible for you or if it isn't? So, as you can see, questions that I've gotten run the gamut from literal technical advice on how to... Um, give a blowjob to all the way up to relationship um, coaching, you know, like a, the uh, codependency versus um, healthy mutual dependency. In my mind, that, that takes the form of uh, every relationship needing the two parts of freedom to be who you are and belonging in the relationship. Uh, but yeah, I'm sort of getting off topic here. Um, if you have more, send them to me. If you have anything in this genre, in this realm, I would love to know. And the more people, the better. Okay. So back to what we're talking about. Oh, no. One more, one more thing. Last bit of old business. My mom wanted me to tell everybody that she did not get COVID at the wedding she got COVID because my sister had COVID and came over to the house prior to the wedding where nobody was social distancing or wearing masks. So the wedding may not have been <laughs> where my parents got COVID. <laughs> okay, so the topic... Oh my God, I'm messing up this document. <laughs> All right, there we go. The topic for this episode number 25 is self-worth something that i think we've all been exposed to at some point or another the idea of self-worth 
Um, but for anybody who hasn't thought about this before, hasn't been exposed to the topic, the idea, quick definition. And this is just according to me. This is as I see it. Some people may have different ideas of what self-worth means. The way I see it, self-worth is the internal knowing that your life's value is not derived from some external source, whether that is people or accomplishments or possessions or whatever. It is the mental slash emotional state of I am enough. It is the understanding that whatever you do, wherever you go, whoever you invite into your life, as long as you strive to act in accordance with your core values, then you're okay. And when you fail to act in accordance with those values, you're still okay. And above all, you deserve to belong to be heard, to be respected, and to be loved. I think that's as concise as I can make it. Self-worth comes from within, not from without. It is a great tragedy how many of us don't realize this and end up sourcing our self-worth externally. It is immensely sad. It's not that we didn't come by it honestly, <laughs> you know. Um, we've seen our parents do it. A lot of us were raised, you know, and and this was unintentional. Absolutely, was unintentional. A lot of us were raised to source our self worth from other things, uh, or our experience molds us to think that way experience early on in childhood and in early adulthood that's going to affect where you are deriving your sense of worthiness and then of course i feel like we're always talking about society molds us too a lot of society tells us that our sense of worth should come from the external rather than the internal. And that one, I think, a lot of times is intentional because what do we do when our sense of self-worth is tied to the external? We end up trying to be part of communities or spending money or voting a certain way or doing things that don't benefit us. Rather, they benefit others if you're told you're not good enough and the answer to be good enough is to do xyz buy vote be involved with something you know anything other than look inward it's not benefiting you it's benefiting whoever's telling you to do that so growing up there are a lot of there are a lot of channels that tell us your worthiness does not come from inside. 
I want to know who has looked outside themselves for affirmation of worth. Who has looked externally, whether that was at your career or your romantic relationship or your family or your income, your possessions, your accomplishments, your number of friends, uh, the books you've read, the places you've been, the good that you've done, the people you've helped, like whatever. Who has looked outside, externally, for their sense of worth. I know I have. <laughs> uh, for sure, I have. And I'm going to share that story with you um, with the hopes that maybe some of you will share your story with me. Something, quick side note, something I've been thinking about recently is what this podcast is worth. It's not like I'm exposing a lot of concepts that nobody has ever touched on before. I would argue that probably as close to 100% as you could get of my podcast of my podcast has been talked about before. I'm not really, you know, digging into new ground. But what I think it's worth is that it, I think it's worth me presenting the information in a way that maybe reaches some people that it wouldn't have in a different format. Maybe somebody out there really connects with how I say things or how I present the info or they really like how often I swear <laughs> or they like how often they like the way in which I share my own stories. I think that's where the worth in this podcast comes from. So with that in mind, I would love to hear anybody's stories if you want to share. And I don't necessarily mean to bring them onto the podcast. I just mean if you want to talk about your own experience, feel free to reach out. I would love to talk about that with you. To foster that, I want to talk about my own experience, which I think I've done a decent job of so far. Um, where it's tied to self-worth. Here's me. Historically, my self-worth, my sense of worthiness was derived from my romantic relationships and my career. So everybody buckle up. <laughs> it's story time. I realized this after the most recent long-term relationship that I had with Audrey um, that ended over a year ago. Shoot, that was March of 2021. Um, it was at that point where I had just started therapy and I had been working with my therapist on this idea of serial monogamy, basically a, the idea that you go from one long-term relationship, one serious monogamous relationship to another with very little gap between. Um, I noticed that that was something I was doing for the majority of my adult life and through my own introspection that it wasn't good for me, that it was impeding progress, impeding my own growth. And I wanted to work on that. So as we discussed in these therapy sessions, um, eventually I got to the point I had this 
sort of revelation on the matter. Talked to her about it one day, my therapist. Um, I realized that those two focuses that I had, that I derived my self-worth from, my romantic relationships and my career, they were cemented in my brain in my early 20s. I've talked about on this podcast before that time in my life where I was struggling in college and um, had to drop out. I think I talked about that in episode six where I was talking about like student loans and my career and all that. So it's been a while. Just if you need the long, (laughs) the long form explanation, go listen to episode six. The short form is I dropped out of school. A lot of things weren't going well. I was really poor. (laughs) I was a poverty person. Um, My physical health was getting worse. I was gaining weight, which, as we've discussed before, like to eat my feelings. So (laughs) that made sense. Um, And like my dreams of being a pilot were um, flying out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good dad joke. Um, So at the time, what I realized is at the time, the only thing that I felt like I had control over in this meltdown period was my relationship. My girlfriend at the time was a long-term relationship. Um, My girlfriend at the time, Kelly, um, was the only person I felt like was supporting me at the time uh, emotionally. And, incidentally, a little bit financially. So I ended up pouring everything that I had into maintaining that relationship and trying to make it as good as possible. I did everything that I felt like I could to make myself a good partner and to maintain that relationship, maintain maintain its health and positive growth. Whether I succeeded in that or not is up for debate. I'm going to say no. But that was my focus because it was the only thing in my life that I felt like I was good at and or brought me any sort of, you know, positive feelings at the time. I was failing at a lot of other stuff. So it led to overcompensation and like this hyper focus on the relationship. Over time, you know, through the rest of that relationship, when things would get hard, and then when that relationship eventually ended, those times where I felt like it was not going well were the times when I felt like shit. That is when I felt the worst. That followed me throughout, you know, the next however long, I can't remember. It followed me, and so I tried to go into other relationships to regain that sense of worth, to regain that sense of I am not a failure, I'm not a loser, I'm not a piece of shit. Um, Just side note here, for anybody who's wondering, that doesn't fucking work. (laughs) Okay? 
that doesn't work. Don't do that. <laughs> um, so fast forward to me talking to my therapist and I realize, you know, when my spongy childhood, well, late childhood brain was still forming in my very early 20s because at the time I was like 2021 20, when, when this was all going down. 20, 20, 21 and 22, I think were the worst times. <laughs> 21 and 22. Um, when it was th that was going on, my, my brain was just soaking that up. Like, this is how you are. This is where your self-worth comes from. Totally without me knowing it. <laughs> and then later on in life, my brain's done forming, right? I think we could argue that it's calcified <laughs> at the age of 31, right? I was acting the way that I was taught to act by my experience and it was not working for me. So I realized that decided I needed to change. Okay, let's back up for a second. The other thing I mentioned, the other area that I sourced my self-worth from was my career. This was also kind of around the same time in which I was not making any money. I had no decent job prospects. I was very reliant on um, my partner at the time and whatever I could get from my family for financial support. I think I mentioned also in episode six that at some point, right when I was like getting into the electrical apprenticeship, I decided that I was never going to be in that sort of situation again, and I was going to do whatever it took to, you know, be successful in my career. And that, <laughs> that resulted in me being amazing <laughs> at my career. I put so much effort into being a good electrician and learning everything I could and showing up when nobody else would that, you know, it opened a lot of doors for me and I ended up being um, pretty damn good. There's a big difference though in that and the hyper-focus on romantic relationship. In my career, I could make a lot of unilateral decisions and goals and follow through on them that ended up being good for me. Like I could do a lot of that by myself. And arguably I did, and it worked. In a relationship, there's another person that you have to account for. You don't just get to make these big unilateral decisions about how amazing your relationship is gonna go and then just you know magically follow through on those. There's another person you have to account for. And it's not so much a march to the finish line, or I should say a march in the direction you want to go, like my career was. It's a dance with the other person. And if you're not, you know, good at dancing, <laughs> it's going to be terrible. You're going to be stepping on each other's feet and dancing to a different rhythm. Or maybe you're even fucking doing different dances and trying to mesh. So there's a big difference there. Um I distinctly remember when I was with Audrey, we had this huge argument one day. We were driving to some 
coworker of hers who was having a party <laughs> all the way to the party. We had this massive argument about this very topic about how so much of my self-worth I had tied into being a good partner and or having a successful relationship. Um, my sense of self-worth was disordered to the maximum. <laughs> um, this huge argument occurred and she expressed how awful it felt at times, how awful it was for her to feel like that she was part of this project or solution to my disordered sense of self-worth, which, you know, fuck, that's hard to hear from somebody you love. Um, because, you know, obviously that was never my intention. This was unconscious behavior. But as I'm sitting there in the car, you know, fucking at this point, like sobbing my fucking eyeballs out, um, I realized she was right. And that is not okay. Like that is for sure not okay to bring into a relationship. It cannot exist in a healthy relationship. Um, so, so that's what I ended up figuring out in therapy. Um, my sense of self-worth tied to me being a good partner, having a good relationship. And I use good in quotation marks for sure. And being awesome at my chosen career. You know, with that being tied to never having to rely on other people for financial support or feel like I wasn't worth a damn, you know, because I couldn't accomplish anything. Um, figured that all out in therapy. I'll stress that again. Please go to therapy. Find somebody who you can talk to who gets paid to listen, who has no emotional connection to you, who can listen objectively and figure this shit out, please. <laughs> yeah, we figured out, or I should say, we helped me to figure out that my self-worth is intrinsic. It is derived from inside. I am born with it. I currently have it. And I'll die with it. People and institutions, relationships, uh, situations, whatever. Anything where, where that intrinsic worth is not demonstrated, where it is not reflected to me, are not what I choose to put my time into. Maybe that was a little bit confusing because I was kind of confused as I said it. <laughs> if someone in my life does not recognize that my self-worth is intrinsic, who tries to convince me otherwise, or who tries to tie my sense of self-worth to something else, possibly them, I don't have time for them. If I am part of an institution, a job, uh, a club, a group of friends, doesn't matter. If I am part of a group, in which this idea of my self-worth being derived internally is not demonstrated, not a value that they also possess, I don't have time for that. 
if I find myself in a situation in which I am placing my own sense of worthiness in anything, anyone, anywhere else other than me, I don't have time for that. We've talked about so many times, starting back in episode fuck, two or three, we've talked so many times about your greatest resource being time and your sole goal should be making the most of that time. It still stands. That is the truth. I do not have time for anything in which my self-worth is questioned. There is a big, big, big benefit to this. <laughs> when you realize this, when you learn that your self-worth is entirely within yourself, when you learn that you can and arguably should love yourself unconditionally, accept yourself unconditionally, when you can get through all of that, you end up attracting the same. Whatever you do for yourself is what you end up getting back. There's a great quote on this idea um, by Mark Groves. If I haven't talked about him before or it's been too long, Mark Groves has this amazing podcast that I have listened to for the last year plus. Um, and he has this, well, he has so many awesome topics and he gets so many good guests on with these like insanely good conversations. Um, just, you should go listen. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at here. But he has this amazing, uh, I, what quote, his amazing quote on self-worth. He says, when you place your self-worth in the hands of another by deciding that you're happy or sad, if they love you, then you are powerless. If you wait for people to choose you all of your life, you will always be waiting because nobody can take on the responsibility of your self-worth. We model the love we want by the type of love we give. Make yours unconditional and what i what he's not saying in that what i what am i trying to say here <laughs> what he doesn't say explicitly in that but i think is part of it is we model the love we want by the type of love we give in parentheses including the love we give ourselves in parentheses we cannot spend time pouring ourself into others, aka sourcing our self-worth from others, and expect our cup to fill. And I think I've said that um, I think I've said that before on this podcast. You can't pour all of yourself into another person and expect it to fill both of you. I just kind of had a, uh, a realization as we're talking about this. Most of what we've been discussing on this show is about self-worth in the end. Um, not that it's necessarily tied, like your self-worth shouldn't be tied to a lot of what we've talked about, but for sure, a lot of the concepts we have 
that we've addressed reinforce your self-worth. They don't guarantee it, but they reinforce it. And if we think back, I think it uh, shows that pretty clearly. Being able to um, notice patterns, notice negative behavioral patterns, um, and and addressing that reinforces your self-worth. Um, understanding how to manage your own resources, whether that be energy or time or care or whatever, um, and doing that in a healthy way reinforces your self-worth. Thinking critically about the world around you and about the relationships you have with others and with yourself, that reinforces your self-worth. Man, um, being vulnerable, um, putting care into yourself, cultivating your own talents and your own purpose, uh, understanding how fear works, like turning off the autopilot, right? Taking your head out of the sand, opening your eyes. All of this stuff reinforces your self-worth when you work on it. And I think that's because all of the stuff that I talk about is putting effort into you. It's putting work, hard work, and time into yourself. That's growth. The relationship that you have with yourself is the most important, the single most important. And that relationship dictates every other relationship that you have in terms of quality, in terms of health, in terms of progress. The relationship that you have with you is going to mirror, or I should say, the relationship you have with anybody else is going to mirror the relationship that you have with yourself. And then guess what? The more that you work on you, the more time that you put into being the person that you want to be, the more you're going to see that reflected back at you. The relationships that you try to cultivate will be healthier and more positive. The things you try to do will be motivated um, by a sense of self rather than a sense of trying to fit in or trying to do what you're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do by any other external concept that we may source these things from. You know, at the end of the day, you are all that you have. You came into this world with yourself and you're going to leave this world with yourself. So wouldn't it be nice to have that journey be in the company of someone you enjoy? <laughs> uh, okay. I think that about wraps it up. So just one last quick reminder. Again, we have that sex and intimacy coach coming on the show at the end of this month. So please send me any questions, comments, or ideas that you have uh, for that episode. The more the better, the more the merrier. And as always, you can send me anything you like regarding this podcast, including those ideas, to your exbf 
podcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram at your underscore EXBF underscore podcast. And because I haven't said it in a while, this podcast is hosted on Podbean, of course, justicetenna.podbean.com and distributed on all sorts of platforms, Apple Podcasts, or what is that called? iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Player FM, Amazon Music. Just Google it. <laughs> Google your ex-boyfriend's podcast or my name, and you'll find some good shit. I guarantee it. <laughs> okay. On that note, I hope everybody was safe for the 4th of July and kept all their fingers. And I hope this episode... Give you something to think about. Until next Sunday, take care.